This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. It's a new dawn after three losses. Villa have finally managed to put three points on the board. And joining myself, David Michael, for a celebration party, Mr. Dan Rogers, Mr. Chris Budd, and Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome. Hello. How are you doing? Hello. Have you got the party Hello. poppers? Hello, you got the champagne? my chums. You sound all, you're all. You all sound a bit down, actually. What's wrong? Don't you like three points? We're waiting until we do back-to-back wins. We're kind of we're waiting until the Palace game just to see if this is a false dawn or not. It's the depression of having to actually support Manchester United and something that we've all had to do. Yeah, that was a painful afternoon. Newcastle won the Trafalgar Square Cup, didn't they? And United won the one at Wembley. But it's all about the fans, David, as we know. Because you, you do get bonus points for having the best fans. And they do deserve it. What are you talking about? I was, I'm still hoping they'll get relegated. Is it too late for Newcastle to <laughs> get relegated? Is it possible? To <laughs> is it crunch the numbers, please? <laughs> Something that I wake up most mornings praying to my deity about, to be honest. <laughs> Listen, relax. They're, they're all on their rail replacement buses back to the north of England as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> they might get there sometime by next Friday. <laughs> no British rail, maybe. <laughs> Coming up in the show, we will be looking back at potentially Villa's last trip to Goodison Park, especially if Everton get relegated. Before that, we will look at the Villa news and then go on to do things like the three points and media muppets and Emery's clipboard, which the My Own Mindset members would have would have already listened to. Some spoilers, Chris loses. Witchcraft. <laughs> For once. <laughs> Well, not, not spoilers. You, no spoilers. You, no maybe. spoilers. Right. Uh, how are you, chaps? Uh, I'm very well. Phil, have you have you sorted out that border yet? That, do, do we need visas to visit you? What's what's no. the situation? Although I could have had a suggestion if you were looking to get some deal in the protocol, maybe don't have an old firm game on the same weekend. That would have been <laughs> probably you know to keep tensions low. But no. <laughs> Excellent planning, Mister Sunak. <laughs> and make sure it's not a cup final as well. Uh. Dan Rogers, you were talking about sending your kid to some ninja party. What's that all about? I thought that was illegal. This is, I mean, I consider it a hooligan training camp or academy <laughs> um, in the suburbs, to be honest. It's to, it's to prepare the next generation of ninjas for the lower halt. And um, other than sapping the soul from my body, <laughs> it was uh, yeah, quite an experience. I highly recommend it. Not. Yeah. Does it entail blades, nunchucks, ninja stars? Ever seen the film The Warriors? It's a bit like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, how are you, Mr. Bud? I'm all right. Not bad. Not too bad, thank you. He's always not bad. He's always in the middle. He's been playing his bongos. Tell us more. They're I saw congas, it on Instagram. Daniel. They're congas. Bongos no. are the little ones. I don't know. And bongo and now? bongo. Right. Uh, mm, bongo in the middle of the congo. I think it's time to start the show off proper with some news. Have we got any news? Salad shortages, David. Do we really want us to talk about salad sh- shortages? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> no. Phil? Uh, Phil, Phil you, you have the deciding vote. Villa news or salad shortages? Villa news, please. Do we like salads anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Right, 
right, the mystery of uh, the missing Coutinho has uh, been revealed after the game with Emery saying he's uh, out for a month with a hamstring injury. Just Fuck. as he scored his first goal of the season. Yeah. It's not going to work out for him, is it? No, nope. his body held together long enough just for me to see him score a goal and then he crumbled again. Having got rid of Ings, you know, it was good to have a Coutinho at least if he wasn't starting as a potential impact game changer on the on the bench and uh, looking even more threadbare now. So he's going to miss what will be a defining month in terms of where Villa end up at the end of the season. They're all long-termers with him as well, aren't they? Yeah, so he's not expected back uh, for a month now. So if you see him in the month of March, I think you'll be very lucky. Meanwhile, uh, Diego Carlos is uh, making progress, uh, obviously training back with the group now. I still don't think we'll see him. I don't think you'll see him on the bench against Palace, put it that way. I think uh, because we've got two okay centre-backs and at least some backup, it's not as if you have to rush him in. So uh, I think they'll uh, be very steady in terms of that. Uh, Under-21s beat uh, Sunderland 6-4. What a game, yeah. Or two teams who can't defend, probably the latter. Yeah, and also they uh, got through to the quarterfinals of the Birmingham Senior Cup. It's a bit of an oxymoron, isn't it? Under-21s in the Birmingham Senior Cup. I know, yeah. <laughs> Strange. The Villa women's team was, were on FA Cup duty this weekend, and uh, I think West Ham equalised in the last minute after Rachel Daly's opener away at West Ham. She's banging him in at the minute, isn't she? Yeah, West Ham are a team are in the pretty much the same zone of where Villa are in the league so it's quite a competitive fixture went to penalties and Villa were triumphant uh, in sudden death 7-6 after goalkeeper Hannah Hampton scored the winning penalty was it the winning penalty? yes it was the last one Villa scored yeah they and missed then they the missed yeah. yeah I mean her penalty was uh, better than Watkins penalty same direction <laughs> straight down the middle but <laughs> the ball hits the net and rolls directly back to her and she just picks it up casually roll on mixed teams that's what I say <laughs> it's the ultimate penalty actually in terms of being able to control the ball that it actually comes straight back to you meanwhile uh, Jordan Nobbs she won Women's Super League Player of the Month uh, predominantly for a hat-trick against Brighton her first one in the Women's Super League. Right, let's get into uh, Everton, Goodison Park. In Match Club, when we saw the lineup, I was saying, hmm, Emery's actually kind of playing into Everton's hands here because Everton have recently had a couple of 1-0 wins under Deitch. He was 100% uh, at Goodison. They'd beat Arsenal and Leeds 1-0. And you just think, ah, this bringing in Ramsey and McGinn, it's looking like we're going to try to outbattle them. And this could potentially be a bit of a war of attrition. You were hoping that maybe the uh, theory was to keep it tight and tough it out and then try to win it in the last 20 minutes. Pretty much what happened. But not a great advert for the game, was it, the first half? No, it was shit. Wasn't it really? It was, one, it was a bit like right, a derby onto the, game. Onto the second <laughs> half, then. Was that any better? <laughs> How many years have we been doing this podcast? And that's the description of very many halves of football. <laughs> Don't skip over it, David. <laughs> yeah, we've got a big podcast bin of uh, forty-five minutes worth <laughs> of uh, ninety extras. minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just it had the it had the feel of like a derby game. What you basically saying? You couldn't remember a game as crap since the numerous championship <laughs> Blues derbies. Yeah. yeah, sorry. The one where you got to bring on uh, a bong Lahore in the in the five minutes to go to get a Heavily winner. Overweight. God, that was one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life. That game <laughs> since last week. Uh, yeah. yeah, since last. <laughs> that first year really in the was. championship one, it was awful. Oh. When he came on and kind of stabbed it home, your soul was being drained. (laughs) So the first half was a bit like that, basically. But there were moments. I mean, there there were moments. Two teams who were a bit... Everton had a couple. Yeah, that's when I started to think, well, I wanted Villa to play our own game against Everton and i.e. you know you need a Buendia or a, or a Coutinho for Villa to really have the potential to cut teams open so I thought we've been a bit pragmatic here and maybe that will give Everton more of a chance and we won't have uh, a real threat against them and they probably had the pick of the chances didn't they? They did. I was quite yeah. happy that Everton sort of kept 
going with the aerial route and getting it out wide and crosses because the few times that they got the ball in the deck and tried to play it through it was when they got success they got it to Mope a couple of times and he was unlucky and again they were focusing down the the Matty Cash side now in the first half he didn't have a great first half because Dwight McNeil tortured him rinsed him a few times and got it tortured him yeah (laughs) got it into the bottom there's one that would be there's one that sort of looped into the sort of like the hands of Martinez, but it was actually look at Dean, much derided. Dean got back and got a, a bit of a block on it there, because or, yeah. or else that would have probably been a goal. That was he the Wabi okay, chance, wasn't it? Yes. Also, uh, Pickford made. Uh, he actually re- he came out and closed Watkins down. That was probably our uh, that was our best chance, was it? In, in the first half, probably. We're talking about a potential penalty slash foul. Is this the penalty incident? It is Daniel. Hmm. Mm. I didn't even look at it close enough to see if it was a penalty. Uh, I just it was one of those saw the save. The, yeah, it was one of those at the time where you th- you think, oh, that's a pretty innocuous one. But it was only the the couple of angles that came through the replays. The commentator was, especially in the in the in the playbacks I've seen. It's Pickford's challenge is as bad as the one on Van Dyke, and it just screamed Wesley to me. That that scything challenge. This is blowing my mind. This in the tangents. It's bad as mm. the one on Van Dyke, and it screamed Wesley. You're just referring to the history of football here. Yes, all of football was, yeah, Peck, was concentrated into one moment. It's the way he comes out. Pickford, he comes out. You, you remember the way Schmeichel used to come out to close people down? It was like a starfish. Well, Pickford comes out two feet first, and while Watkins does get the ball first and hits a shot at him, and Pickford mm. saves it, it's like Pickford two feet come at you like a pair of scissors. That's what he did to Van Dyke, and he, he missed Watkins, thankfully. By chance, right. I think. Yeah, there wasn't really much of a hoo-ha at the time, though, was there? None, and and, and this is the point that I sort of flagged it because it was it. Because you like the to be pedantic. Of... <laughs> no, I like to be right, David. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> the point is that I think that even in our recent history, a Wesley got completely finished by by a, by a challenge like that, and Watkins. That what was a very innocuous thing at the time. Do you still take flowers to Wesley's grave? I do, I do, for both legs. Um. (laughs) Slightly bigger flowers for one than the other. (laughs) (laughs) But but I think it's the it's it's the innocuous things that he gets up and he walks away, and it's it's not a clever challenge, and it's it's the difference between him going on and getting his fifth goal in five games, and not for me. But maybe I'm being pedantic. Don't worry about it, Danny. It happened. No, no collateral damage here, and uh, the game went went goes on. Uh, Martino's made a great save. It was a good save that one. Probably one you'd expect him to make, but it, it certainly looks good on the cameras. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's more the uh, the speed, isn't it? Because it's point yeah. blank range header from you know about six seven yards out. I think for him because he's so tall. If it's above him, it's probably all right. I think if he heads it down low, he's probably got a problem. Yeah. I mean, Pickford makes a great save. Also, that's more in the second half, jumping oh, that's ahead. An absolute but he, worldy that one. But you look at uh, Watkins; he purposely heads it down, doesn't he, to make it more difficult for the keeper. Mm. I think you can see from Watkins' reaction. But we are jumping ahead. But Watkins' reaction to his. Was, but in terms of Martinez, I mean, I got so bored of uh, it. Just went really binary. It was like Team Emery versus Team mm. Wa- uh, Martinez in in the week, and uh, that whole it was a complete red herring. That whole uh, Emery's yeah. comment about the fourth goal, but then lots of people jumped on it, and uh, suddenly they were just parroting the idea of what. Emery alluded to that, uh, oh, statistically, you know, goalkeepers don't score, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, other people making comments like, well, yeah, no, he shouldn't have done it because, you know, a 3-2 result is better than a 4-2 result. And it's like, these people don't get it. These people just want to stay mid-table, don't they? And they have no aspirations. Martinez didn't want to lose that game. He went up. Most of the people in in Villa Park were, like, calling for him to go up. All in. All in. That was my cry. All in. (laughs) And nothing to see here, no problem. The the only villain in the piece was Luca Dean's uh, corner. Now, if that was anywhere in the zone and it caused a bit of chaos, whether we scored or not, immaterial, Arsenal wouldn't have scored there. So uh, it, you've got a prized asset. You've got one of the best goalkeepers in the world. You shouldn't be hounding him out and discussing him as if he's already been sold off in the summer. <laughs> But if Liverpool are in transition and we think they might be in the summer, then they're going to be in the market for a top quality goalkeeper. Ooh. No, I think it's going to be Chelsea because Kepa's bagel hands, it just goes right through the middle. Bagel hands. I think he might be going to Real Madrid or somewhere like that, personally. But the way that Barcelona work their finances, you never can never predict, can you? It's Anyone mad. in Italy to add? 
I've always said it. I think if Ferguson was at United, he would get him in as above the squirrel boy in golf for uh, United at the moment. I mean, if he starts reading that or seeing it on social media that fans are discussing him going, then it's like, oh, right, okay, I don't seem to be very loved here. I'll, I'll go. See you later. Now, if, if Villa want to go anywhere and if they want to threaten the upper echelons next season, you need the best players that you can get. And we've got one of the best keepers. So if you happen upon players that are better or as good as the ones that the top four have got, you keep them. Because the only way you get in the top, top places is to have the best players possible. You don't sell them and then cross your fingers that you reinvest it correctly. I mean, that didn't really work for the Grealish uh, money because the third of that is already playing for West Ham. Anyway, that's my Martinez rant over and done with. It's <laughs> <laughs> my Pickford rant. <laughs> Yeah, the only other thing of note really was Malpai had a chance. He took an extra touch. He doesn't didn't look that good actually. He's got no pace to He's him, not, has he? No, he I just don't isn't. know why we because he was a bit of a shit house, wasn't he, for Brighton? And I don't know why we we rated him. Or I think we were just we only remember him from the Brentford days. Since he's come into the Premier League, he's had an absolute stinker against us generally. Yeah. We used to rub our crotches furiously over <laughs> the thought of Malpai doing it, and now it's like I, I wasn't remotely aroused. <laughs> Isn't it his, long, it's his longest spell without scoring? And it's like you look at Everton, why they're where they are. It's because they can't score goals. And as much as they gave it a bit of a go in the first half, I thought generally in both halves, he you saw why they're where they are. They had, a, you know, they, they huffed and puffed a bit, but they had so little quality, really. The closest they came in the second half was from a lucky deflection. Deitch really needs Calvert Lewin, doesn't he? To play yeah, the way because he wants he's to play, yeah. Because all those crosses coming in, and then you've. Inch high private eye, Mopai in the box, he's not getting near anything. <laughs> no, exactly. At half time, it was, you know, you're thinking mm, maybe this will be uh, Emery's first nil nil in the Premier League. No, denied. Never. Still, this this wasn't, you know, you can look back in hindsight and you, can, you, you can't paint this to be a controlled 2 0 win. Because, I mean, there's that Keystone Cops moment uh, near the start of the second half. <laughs> there on the really floor is. Flicks it back into play somehow. It's going wide, isn't it? Hits him. He's lying uh, near the yeah. post, comes back into play, and Ming somehow scrambles it off the line for the, the second time in consecutive games. Yeah, it's uh, Awobi's shot, isn't it? Awobi's shot's going wide, comes back off Konza, and then it's Malpai who really doesn't make a clean contact, does he? He kind of bundles at it, Goldwoods, and Mings almost falls over himself because he's not really expecting it and manages to uh, get it out of It's a miracle that he gets it out, in fairness. Yeah. Gons is on an incredible run of bad luck. I mean, last week almost got scalped by Mings. <laughs> but it's got life clearance. Then gets the ball cannoned off him whilst he's lying, not even in the middle of the goal. Yeah, then you see the... Uh, the Pickford wonder save, a bit of a Gordon Banks effort, saves the downward point-blank range header, good cross from Dean, flicks it onto the post, uh, Pickford. And then he's starting to think, mm, yeah, maybe this is nil-nil unless Emery's got to do something from the bench. And he did. On came Jordan Bowery. <laughs> oh, sorry, wrong wrong dimension. <laughs> on, on came uh, Buendia. And Moreno came on as well. But it was Buendia who was the uh, the game changer. Changed the game in seconds, didn't he? Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter now. But I was thinking, should we have should we have started with him? Uh, I mean, we'll get on to that in a, in a second. Record signing as an impact player. Discuss. Mm. But first touch was the little flick. And this is the difference. His, his, his kind of imagination around the, the box. Sometimes it comes off. Sometimes, I mean, recently he's probably uh, hasn't been coming off for him. No. And you wouldn't have been surprised if Coutinho started last week in his place rather mm. than both of them mm-hmm. playing. Mm-hmm. And it was also nice to see, you know, McGinn getting involved in and around the penalty area. That's where you yeah. want to see him, really. His best performance in a long time. Yeah, yeah, it was. Everything he did, you could tell why he was doing it. It was He didn't look lost at all. It's like a defined role. Yeah, he, I mean, he gets the flick on from Buendia. And it's it's really knee to knee, isn't it, from Adrissa Gay? Because it looked like from one he's, angle... He's close to getting the ball, to be fair. Yeah, it looks it like he's got the ball. Because I think, because his knee and McGinn's knee clash, that, that kind of stops his foot touching the ball. Mm-hmm. And because those knees clash, it's a penalty. He's a deep fake plant from the from the past that we've yeah. took all these years. And then at the start, who's holding the ball? It's Buendia. Buendia. Yeah, Buendia's, I think he's trying to get the penalty. I don't know. It didn't, wasn't really long enough to pr- do what Ashley Young does, where he holds on to it to basically absorb all the, uh, the shithousery. 
and then passes it on. But Watkins did have a bit of time as the referee was telling players not to encroach and uh, yeah. and it, you started to think, ah, he's going to miss this, maybe. The thought did cross my mind when you saw <laughs> his face looking very worried. Mm. And but, then he uh, smashed it. <laughs> yeah, five and five, all good. I think that's a record in the Premier League anyway. And level with Paul Ryder in 85, I think the next tally, uh, and he's got a good chance uh, since we're playing Palace at home, is Andy Gray's uh, record of six and six. Six, in, six consecutive games. Uh, in terms of uh, mentioning McGinn, him and Ramsey was like the good old Gerard days, wasn't it? Well, we did prove that the <laughs> like narrow them playing narrow and uh, kind of filling in for the any fullback that wanted to get forward. It used to be you either thought it was either McGinn or Ramsey, but then the two of them did combine well in the second half, especially whenever Everton took Awobi off. So then they had only two sort of deep sitting midfielders. Yeah, because they had a three in midfield, didn't they? And we had Ramsey and McGinn instead of the, like more out and out wider midfielders. They were playing a bit more narrower. And it was like, yeah, it was like a narrow four and Everton played like a diamond three. So it meant you always had the spare man to kind of play through the, that press when you actually yeah. got on the ball. We just didn't do it enough. Yeah, and, that, and there was disappointment because the plan was hatched. Because we, I'm sorry, because we took the two wide men, it, it needed our wide players to kind of get round them a little bit more, which Moreno's very good at. I think Dinya did it once for the, the Watkins header. You didn't really see cashing and attacking capacity much at all, which I think would, probably was a the wise thing because I think McNeil would have had his number if he started over committing. Yeah, so that kind of four against three, you saw it a couple of times where, like for example, Ramsey got the ball and pushed through yeah, he and was the main ball carrier. Him and went McGinn through, the ball and, he, and he's getting into like let's say the edge of the eighteen. And you see, this is going to be a back post job. Basically, he's going to play it across, and somebody's going to run in on the back post. And you're looking, where's Bailey? Where's Bailey? He's not even in, uh, not even in sight. And you see him jogging. I think, what the fuck's he doing? Ramsey's gone to the effort here of like breaking through their lines, and he's screaming out for a, a square ball across the face of the goal. And Bailey's nowhere in sight. You know, Watkins has obviously got men looking out for him, but there's there's acres of space behind Watkins, and all he can see in the background is. Bailey just kind of jogging and this it happened a couple of times this a, f- a fear to commit I don't know if that was a diktat from Emery not to overcommit, but there was chances that if they were a bit braver there they could have finished this game off Bailey frustrates me incredibly I mean he's, he does in games he goes like from, that yeah. yeah he goes from the highest of the highs to just like playing with 10 men it's, it's, he's just non-existent in some games and then like I said he, he can be the difference in winning games where it's tight and then in a game like that you, you're basically carrying him because i I can't think of anything he did of worth in the whole game. I think he's on probation between now and the end of the season. Yeah, we saw against Arsenal. Uh, I mean, he mm-hmm. was, you know, centimetres as a way of being a hero there. And the Leeds goal and little moments like that are great. He's ha- he has yep. these little moments, but you need a certain level. Even I know wingers can be inconsistent. You need, you know, you can't be a sort of a yeah, you need five and a six every week. Consistent application, like that Ramsey uh, example when he when he broke through. You need him on it. And you need his, you know, it's going back to what we we're saying about men, in-game mentality. You need him running, busting a gut. So that that was pretty disappointing, I must admit. I would have Trezeguet back for the back post. Wow, phrases you thought you'd never hear. Master. Master <laughs> of his craft. <laughs> uh, he's good. Uh, second goal, though, uh, another example of we do have the players to do things going forward. Mm. Again, McGinn instrumental in this. It's a great goal. You know, back to front. It's a really, really good goal. Tell me about it. Well, it goes into it's like a long ball into Watkins, who who sort of knocks it down. Long holds pass, it well. Chris. Let, let long me pass. stop you there, Chris. Let me stop you there. Long pass from the back, wasn't it? <laughs> None of this bullshit. <laughs> None of this playing it out the back bollocks. And it's sorry, just when you mix it up, are they are they learning? Are they learning? Well, you pick your moments, and you know he, he does really well to hold it up. Ball falls to McGinn again. He's exactly where you want to see him driving forward. Obviously, rolls it to Buendia, who absolutely turns kind of Cody inside out. And then Happy when he gets into position, it's a, it's, a, it's a great finish. Yep. Yeah, there's actually, th- he's got three players on him. Adrissa Gay's coming into the picture. If he takes another touch, you'd have three on him. And that just that kind of cut to his left. And it, they're all out of the game, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Milk turns quicker than Connor Cody. I mean, how, how he gets in the England <laughs> squad, I mean, it's, it's, he must be the world's best cheerleader. because of the delays at the border, Phil. Oh, he, must be, that's what I said, he must be the world's best cheerleader to get in that England team just for morale because he showed absolutely like, nothing when they had just left him. He's still pointing in the wrong direction. 
it was game set match though I, I didn't really yeah, fancy Everton to uh, get back into this and Villa kind of remembered what they used to be able to do and close games out it was actually quite nice to see the last you know in stoppage time it's actually just yeah. keeping the ball down by the corner like, yeah. what a novelty because that is one especially thing especially on been that ground poor. as well where we've we've all, we've been sucker punched I know our recent form has been better yeah. against them but it's a ground where I've a few times been and where they scored the, the last minute winner or and then we um, go up to the other end and score another last minute winner <laughs> Oh, that was one of my favourite ones, yes. But in the context of having shipped 11 goals in the last three games, I mean, uh, Much I better. think clean sheet's psycho- big. psychologically it's good to have that clean sheet. Yeah. I think psychologically Agreed. as well, I was just thinking as well, having, having McGinn and, and Mings as, as key figures in the win, I thought that was yeah something we haven't spoken about or, or I mean, something I haven't even thought about in recent weeks. So that, that was a real positive. Yeah. The only disappointment of the weekend really was uh, Spurs failing to beat Chelsea 8-0. So Villa would actually get out of 11th, <laughs> get out of 11th place. But hey-ho. Potter's is, uh, is trying his best. He is, isn't he, though? <laughs> They're awful, aren't they? Well, and they, they could be. I mean, we spoke in the last pod about um, uh, FFP and uh, FF Waste. I mean, Chelsea could be relegated quite easily this season on an mm. FF Waste ruling. So They'd have to bring it in first, though, wouldn't they? They did warn you all about Potter, didn't they? I mean, it, it's, his, it's his dream now. It's like he spent, what, over a quarter of a billion pounds and he didn't buy one striker. <laughs> it's quite... Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot of money. Yeah, next week when we're entertaining Palace, Chelsea play Leeds. So not a foregone conclusion because Leeds just won. So they'll be uh, pumped up. And traditionally, it's a bit of a kind of a derby. It's like a 70s uh, derby, isn't it? From uh, back in yeah. the day, there's, there's still a yeah, bit of tradition from games, that. Those, weren't they, in the days of uh, Bremner and Chopper Harris and all that lot. Let's pause just for one second. In terms of the season and aspirations for this, I, I would say a good good little bar, good little litmus test is if we can get to the end of the season higher than Chelsea, then you'd be able to say things like, if you told me at the start of the season Villa would finish above Chelsea, I would have taken it. Ooh. Especially after Chelsea spent X. Yeah, if we finish top half and above Chelsea, then it's it's an interesting start to the next season because you're thinking, well, in terms of uh, where we are in our transition, if you want to use that word, we're starting out the blocks at least on the same kind of level as Chelsea even though they've obviously dropped a ton of cash although a lot of it is on players they probably didn't know who they were the season before or even before the World Cup yeah so it's uh, not a banker so would you because I remember making the mistake of uh, when Villa had a great start and there were several points above Arsenal and Arsenal were all over the place and Arteta was kind of getting it in the neck and you're thinking, well, we should finish. If we're going to have a good season, we should finish above Arsenal here. And I, th- I would say this about Chelsea. If we're to have a good season this season, we would need to finish above Chelsea. Would you agree with that? We said that a few weeks ago, didn't we? About if you can at least try and stay neck and neck with Chelsea, you're probably going to do all right. Yeah. Because I think if 
if they were to get their house in order, which is not a guarantee, you know, they've spent a shit ton of money, but it doesn't seem to be working for them. And they, they look woeful. Because Liverpool, you know, even though, you know, they're, I think they're Klopp's coming ad- now. admitted, well, Klopp's admitted there's there's going to there's gonna be have to be a refreshening in the summer. You know that they on their day, they can beat anybody in the, in the Premier League, which, you know, they've yeah. won the last, before the Palace game, they'd, even though they got dismantled by Madrid, they'd had previously won the last two uh, league games. But Chelsea, I think, is an opportunity to get one above them. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, Liverpool are only about four, about four points off the Champions League now, considering they were quite far back. You think four points to that Liverpool team, if they sort of continue to get a bit of momentum, they could quite conceivably end up in the top four. Yeah. But it would be a, a sort of a hilarious narrative with the relative lack of money that Villa have spent and net spends and all that talk. And then you compare that to what Chelsea have spent. For them to be, end up finishing beneath Villa would be hilarious. See, that's the worry. If they if they don't sort of get it together and they continue to be useless, it's not really that much of an achievement finishing above them. So I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a strange one. Yes, obviously you want to finish above them, but... I mean, a big, a big achievement, I suppose, would be could we could we finish above Fulham, for example? That would be considered a big achievement right now because we've got 10 points off them. I think the good thing about Watkins 5-5 five and five is when you look at the, uh, the next few fixtures, there's no reason why he can't carry that on. Well, it's good to have a, you know, a prolific striker, which is what we've needed. Yeah, we just need everyone else to be sort of chipping in, which obviously, you know, when Diaz bombing on from midfield and scoring goals like he did at Everton, that's a good sign as well. Long may that continue. How quickly things turn around. I mean, it's only five games ago people would be thinking Engs should be starting ahead of Watkins. Mm. Just finally uh, on the playing out the back scenario, what was your overall impressions? I mean, when you look at the the pass accuracy of Martinez, he was back around his league average of uh, just over 70, 71.4 to be exact, after like a woeful 46% against Arsenal. It wasn't as bad, was it? Uh, although no. wherever, Everton was still pressing though. They pressed high. We trend, I think Martinez tended to play shorter passes, so generally his pass completion should be higher. He wasn't trying to pop it out to the fullbacks, was he? I think he only did it once to Moreno at sort of head height and yeah. kept the ball on the field, but he didn't, you know, he wasn't hacking him out for throw-ins or anything. I think teams know how we play now and they can kind of think, well, we might as well sit on the edge of Villa's box and see if they can play through us. Well, it'd be interesting to see uh, how we do against uh, Palace in that respect. Well, I think, yeah, Palace and, and Bournemouth at home are going to be sort of interesting because Villa are going to have to take the initiative. Yeah, it's almost like a subplot now, isn't it? It's just see yeah. how this playing out the back is progressing. And mm-hmm. typically games where Villa don't take full points, you know, you, you, you go through the pain maybe of losing to an Arsenal and then winning at Everton. Well, carry it on. This is the chance, isn't yeah. it? That, yeah. yeah, it's a games it, now. We think actually once, now you can put a marker down. Exactly. For once, let's do it. It almost feels not quite in the same as a few weeks ago. I remember Phil mentioned the whole hump game thing, which I quite liked, and it, and it feels like a, a bit like that. Where you, you know you look at the table now and you think, well, if you beat Palace next week, you're pretty much securing eleventh place, or you should be securing eleventh place. No, no, we've got eleventh place. We've got eleventh hmm. place. So it's, it's, it's ours. It's been ours for years. Uh, sorry, uh, weeks, months, We've had eleventh for years. It's a matter of can we go above eleventh? He still thinks we're in the championship. <laughs> right, it's time to move on. Uh, let's let's go through the three points. Point number one: the government white paper is finally released. This mirrors pretty much the government fan-led review, which led to this white paper. Uh, I actually had a meeting, football supporters association meeting, on this just before it was released. Uh, also worked helped work with the football supporters association on the actual initial uh, fan-led review. The thing. Uh, I, I think in terms of legislation, I think old King Charles, King Charlie will be, uh, is it autumn that they have the, uh, yeah, his he does his, yeah, he does his speech. They're, I think they're hoping that that's when it will be announced. The main thing, I think the rest, pretty much most of it uh, from what ongoing conversations with Perslow over various fan consultation meetings is they're the Premier League and we're talking about the 20 teams in the Premier League. They're all stakeholders. You know, they all own their percentage of the league. And when you say Premier League, it's it's all the 20, 20 clubs. They're pretty much content with most of the things on offer, you know, better fit and proper tests, which also goes hand in hand with the licensing system uh, for every professional club, you know, to obtain a license to operate. I mean, the main thing which Villa are kind of ahead of on the curve, I mean, speaking to other fan reps, a lot of them still don't have proper fan consultation. This is something Villa's had going, uh, you know, at least five years or so. I mean, this is a third owner 
that I've been involved in a fan consultation group with. So that gives you an, an insight into how long it's been going. So Villa are okay on that foot, but it's mainly the independent regulator. And uh, this is something that personally opposes, and I think the Premier League do, and they've got a bit uh, squeaky bum about it. And they've been trying to like lay the tracks in front of the, the white paper train to kind of show the government that they're actually taking care of business now but thing about the independent regulator is yeah well you've had a chance before you and the fa and well the football bodies but you, you can't have berry going out of business the fact that five of the existing premier league teams you know that's a quarter of the premier league five teams have been in administration in this century so in you know the last 20 odd years when there's never been more money Exactly. And Villa, of course, were a stone's throw away from uh, administration as well when they couldn't pay their tax bill after, you know, a shonky owner who we won't mention. So this shows you how fragile it is. So this isn't, this isn't, doesn't sound like me that the Premier League and the FA and whoever else is involved is running football in a sustainable and resolute manner. So I, I don't have a problem with the independent regulator. And you're talking about it being something like the FCA you know, that protects investors. So it's just more of a guarantee. It's more of a checker rather than interference, which Perslow and the Premier League don't really want. Moving on. Well, we have uh, in English football received a white paper, point number two, Sampdoria have received a pig's head. I thought Italy it was horses' heads. What's going on here? Cost of living, David. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're not happy. This is the second threatening package they've received after the more traditional bullet was delivered to the club's offices um, with threatening letter. This time in the box was the head of a severed head of a pig and a note addressed to the former club president Massimo Ferrero and the current club vice president Antonio Rome. The the note read, "The next heads will be yours," according to the club spokesman. Um, I think the fans just aren't happy that Sampdoria are in the relegation zone, their second bottom of the league on 11 points after 23 games. So why weren't we sending uh, pig's heads when we were stuck at the bottom of the league, like without a hope, hope in hell? We should have been down the slaughterhouse, shouldn't we? Yes. We, we were in the slaughterhouse. Well, yeah, exactly. There's plenty of heads around to uh, be dispatched. Right, so point number three. I mean, this is just bad luck, isn't it? An Arsenal fan was buried wearing the shirt of his rivals, Chelsea, by mistake by his ex-girlfriend. The idea was to Brilliant. send the gunner, who unfortunately passed away age 66, send him off wearing a gunner's top. But there was a mix-up when his ex-girlfriend picked up a Chelsea top from his shirt collection. Well, what's he doing with the Chelsea shirt? Exactly. Because Chelsea was sponsored by Emirates uh, back in the day. It, I think 2003 Chelsea Away Kit was his funeral attire. <laughs> She mistaked it with obviously Arsenal's. I mean, didn't nobody check that? You know, there's a big Chelsea badge on the shirt. I hope it happened to that kid from AFTV who was uh, stood <laughs> stood outside. It's like the, the ultimate park last week. Fucking karma. A family member joked that uh, he would be turning in his grave. I think spinning in his grave, more like. <laughs> Definitely couldn't couldn't happen to a nicer combination of fan bases, really, could it? No, no. We wish them well. <laughs> That's what happened. You get an end the bed with Emirates. Oh, well. Right. It's time for Media Muppets. <laughs> Mr. Shaw, what's in the Media Muppet trough this week? Well, I'm going mainstream this week with uh, the BBC's Match of the Day coverage. Now, the match of the day, it used to be a staple of Saturday nights, um, but with the Premier League saturation on TV, the match of the day, it's, it's like you're getting Saturday a night end com- of the deal. Competence, are you, are you saying? Yeah, it's, it's a shadow of its former self. Now, people may say, oh, it doesn't matter, don't watch it then. Well, I mean, if if you live in the UK, this is we're paying for this rubbish that's on TV as part of your licence fee. So there's it's not that rubbish, says, though. It's not that bad, is you it? You might be paying the rest of us on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We sound like cackling pirates. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> well, nothing says small time like putting the wrong picture of a player up. So when they were talking about Villa's midfield tactics against Everton, they put up a picture of Aaron Ramsey and not Jacob Ramsey. Um, poor. Very poor. 
And they even had it on in the second show in this morning, and it's probably still online. I mean, you can at least go in and edit it out and fix it, but no, they just leave it. They probably don't have the budget for that after paying Lineker and the rest of them. But I mean, you, you just need to look at the pondering. Dan, Danny Murphy name drops Stephen Gerrard on the effect that he had on Ramsey. And what? then he goes on to say, he goes on to say, Jacob Ramsey's been in recent good form. I mean, he just hasn't. I mean, you'd be better yeah. just getting like chat AI or something on to do pondering instead of those, instead of Danny Murphy and Micah Richards. <laughs> I do. I do think now that Ramsey did benefit from having Gerrard uh, at the club because I mean any midfield, any young midfielder who gets a chance to work with one of the best midfielders in the game, it's, it's only a positive, isn't it? Well, hopefully it's a it's a positive. Or, or yeah, is it? Or is it to explain? If, if... Is it to explain why Ramsey seems to be blown a bit cold recently? Is it Gerrard's fault? Well, I haven't seen Ramsey slip yet, so he didn't take that much from Gerrard. Oh, oh my oh. goodness me! Oh. Need, need him in the nuts. Right. Uh, Ramsey's going to be so glad of that kiss of death, Phil, now, isn't he? Right, we must stop <laughs> Phil Shaw's neg- negativity in its tracks. Uh, can you give us a, a media nugget, Phil? Yes, well, unfor- to stay with the BBC, unfortunately, um, commentator John Motson sadly passed away this week at 77. And this nugget is, fittingly, he spent his last night watching the football in his local pub. The George and Little Brick Hill, where he lived, had become a favourite of his. And the, the landlord and lady, Simon and Louise Babakin, uh, said Motson would come in there three or four times a week. They said Motson had come in to watch Manchester City's 1-1 draw with Red Bull Leipzig in the Champions League. So... Till, till the end he was watching football it was a nice touch wasn't there at the uh, League Cup final actually where they had his microphone and his sheepskin coat in the um, commentary position oh, right. for people of certain ages he's kind of part of, of your childhood upwards uh, all through your kind of football mm. watching I mean him and Brian Moore Barry Davis I think Barry Davis, Barry Davis was my, yeah. yeah. my mm. uh, favourite and Gerald Sinstat just because of his style thanks for cheering us up Phil yeah, mm. thanks. Thanks Sorry for that. that. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> nice, good contribution, Phil. Thanks, thanks. Childhood's gone. Keep smiling, Phil. Keep smiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Just before we uh, before we move on, there's a lot of say Maxi Emery in Emery we trust in Emery we trust, and mm-hmm. you know it's a default setting for a lot of I don't know YouTubers and younger fans and or whatever on social media. But there's obviously the much spoken about managers bounce we're obviously well past that when do you start let's say not judging him but when do you think we have a proper feel of what he can actually uh, potentially achieve with filler and if he's doing a good job when, when do you think that the first judgment is it do you take stock at the end of the season you, you take a stock i don't think the main view you probably i normally look at sort of october of sort of into next season where he's had a full, you know, um, summer pre-season and he's got the, the start of the season. You sort of you get an idea of where the team's going to be at or where they're likely to be at. Yeah. October's the perfect time for a sacking. It really is. <laughs> There's normally an international break, <laughs> isn't there, around then? It's, it's always just about the time England are about to play San Marino or something. And they let I'm Ali joking. Watkins in the squad. Ali Watkins might get in the squad, actually, yeah. On current form, you'd have to say he would, you know. If he carries on knocking them in, because that was a problem uh, before. He wasn't a consistent goal scorer, but now he's mm. uh, he's ticking that box big time. But yeah, I think, uh, I still think you'll get an indication of where we are uh, in terms of Emery over the next uh, couple of months. I think that would be the mm-hmm. first taking a start. Speaking of Emery, David, what's on his clipboard this week? Ah, Phil Shaw. I'm glad you asked. Right, uh, you know how to play this game, don't you? I'll give you a statistical metric from Emery's clipboard. You will get three guesses. The first intel I will give you will be the top and bottom in the Premier League in this metric. Then each shall be able to select a team to gather the metric for that team, where you'll be choosing teams that you think mirror what Villa have been up to. So uh, let's see how we go. Your guesses will be... uh, should we say one decimal point or two decimal points? Just the one, please. Yeah, for a direct hit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, one decimal point it is for a direct hit. Right, it's XG against. Ooh. So, for example, in the second half uh, against Villa, Arsenal's, Arsenal's XG was uh, over three. But this is across the whole season. So, okay. to give you top of the pops, it's Manchester City whose XG against is 21.63. So that's kind of the lowest. That's top is lowest. Meanwhile, in 20th place, 
expected XG. And this kind of shows you that they're, they're either very lucky or they're getting out of it somehow. Is Fulham with 45.36. If Rogers is in town, what, what happened at Christmas when you were involved in such Emery clipboards? Who won? He did. No, you did? Was, was it that Bodonomics one? No, Try yeah, it was, was, wasn't it? Was that the clean sweep, that one? Dan I mean, this is one. the drawback of, of, the, of the podcast and having to do it in this format that I, I could definitely hear Chris Budd typing. So I'm, I'm, I'm calling fraudulent Emery's clipboard <laughs> behaviour, <laughs> retrospectively. I'm actually writing on my own clipboard, Daniel. That's because mm. he's getting to the spirit of I things. I think his mic is attached to his keyboard. That's why we keep mm. hearing <laughs> Right, so Bud, you won that Christmas special. So we'll let you choose if you want to go first or who, who you want to nominate to go first. Um, I don't mind going first in this. Do I have to pick a clue? We'll go Phil next and then Rogers last because he's a bit shonky on his appearances. Do I have to do I have to pick a team first or is it just a, a blind guess first? No, no, no. You uh, you get to select a team, but don't guess yet. Just select a team and okay. we'll have a guess after the first say... wave of team selections. Yeah, I'm going to go with Brighton, please. Mm. Their XG against is 25.97. Okay. Phil Shaw. I will go with Everton. 39.46. Dan Mm. Rogers, pick a team, any team, pick a team, any team, but not Aston Villa. Fulham, please, David. I've already given you Fulham. Are you paying (laughs) attention or what? (laughs) No. Did you? I'm I'm glad it wasn't me this time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pick again, David. You do that, Rogers. Leeds United. Leeds United, 37.75. So if you are paying attention, you would have known that Manchester City is 21.63. Fulham is 45.36. Brighton is 25.97. Leeds is 37.75 and Everton is 39.46. So with that said, Mr. Bird, what is your first go? Okay, I'm going to go 26.78. 26.7. Or do you want eight? Because we said one seven, decimal eight, point. Please. Let's be specific. specific. Well, you, you were the one who asked for one decimal <laughs> point, <laughs> for kidding. God's sake. I'm kidding. Just go with 26.7. So okay. Right then, uh, what's his name? Phil Shaw. Phil Shaw. Yeah. 34.5. 34.5. Mr. DR. 31.25. 31.25. Game's still alive. Next round of uh, team guesses. If you're playing at home, what have you, what have you got down? I can't hear you. Say it louder. What have you got down? Fulham. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, next team. I'm going to go with my usual Brentford. Ooh. They're good. But they're good, yeah. What's the point? 30.67. Phil. Uh, Palace. Crystal Palace, 36.16. Oh, wow, that's higher than I thought it would be. Daniel. Leicester City. Leicester City, 38.07. Hmm. Right, second round of guesses. Mr. Bird. 30.89. 30.8, if you prefer. 30.8. Phil. 32.2. 32.2. And now, Dan Rogers. 31.75. 31.7. I've told you, one decimal down. point. It's a cagey game, this one. I'm going to give you one more team for the final round. Not that it will help. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you, maybe you, you've got some kind of method here behind the madness. Mr. Bud, what's the team of your desire? Um, I'm going to go with Arsenal. 23.84. Phil? Manchester United. 27.6. How relevant are these teams compared to Villa? I do not know. Mr. Dan. <sighs> Rogers. Southampton. 34.08. Mm. And now, That's mad final. Fulham's is, isn't it, then, in comparison to everyone? Indeed. Now your final... Oh, I should have given you another clue, which I think I'll give you another clue. Okay. To sharpen up your uh, stabs. 
Villa are actually 16th in this table. Oh, Lord. Ooh. Oh, that's really uh, changed my thinking now. Put the cat amongst the pigeons. It has big time. It's giving you, a, giving you a chance, actually, I think. that Bit of info, if it's used wisely. I'm going 33.8. 33.8, Mr. Phil. 36.1. 36.1. Now Dan Rogers walks up to the hockey, eyes up the board. Nine dart finish. And goes for... 36.2. Oh, he's got it. Oh, what an ass. <laughs> That's why I did that build-up. Yeah. It's not the exact, but it's 38.65. Doesn't matter. I'm windmilling through Belfast. <laughs> but he played that. He played the, the uh, I think it's got a trademark, hasn't it? It's certainly got a copyright, the Dan Rogers style, where you just go one either way. It has. It has. It's just got a picture of Chris Budd weeping engraved into the trophy. Okay. Into the hockey. <laughs> Came up trumps with that one. Um, thank God he did, because I gave him the build-up there. Yeah, the <laughs> so just for the sheer entertainment, who is below us? Who is actually worse than us? Forest, 38.7, then it's Everton, then Bournemouth, and then Fulham. Uh, Bournemouth are 39.49, so Fulham are way out. Wow. Wonder. And your top dogs with the least XG against uh, Manchester City, Isn't Arsenal, Newcastle, and this is Brighton, but then West Ham. Mm. Hmm. And yet Fulham are above us. Yeah, and, and West Ham are in the bottom at the moment. Nobody knows. And they beat us 3-0. West Ham are in the bottom three. What does it mean? Nobody knows. Nobody cares. That that should be the uh, the catchphrase. Emery's clipboard. What does it mean? Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> right, looking forward to Palace. I am, actually. Another Saturday at <laughs> 3 o'clock. Is and, it? And, uh, and Bournemouth a few weeks later. I think that means we're definitely a mid-table side now. Mm. Yeah. Nobody wants to put nobody us on the telly to, anymore. Nobody wants to watch this old shite. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a chance for Villa to, as Emery's been saying, he's, that one of his disappointments is not controlling games. Yeah, not, the home form's been pretty pony, hasn't it? Really? Yeah, and not controlling possession. So I think we're in a nice little run of games now with you know Palace, Bournemouth, where you can actually try to put something into practice here and hopefully evolve uh, in the direction that he wants this team to go. Because you can't play the way you're going to play, let's say, 70% of the time at Villa Park against the likes of Arsenal and uh, you know Liverpool, who have obviously been at Villa Park recently. But these teams mm. are more about how we can play when we when it's more routine, if you know what I mean, no disrespect to them. And I think someone like Bournemouth, um, you know, in a few weeks, Palace, they're defensively not as strong. So with our attacking sort of They're all injured weapons, or sold. Call it that, <laughs> you know, we can kind of actually, you know, really try and put a, a, a better, you know, offensive performance in where you think you can actually really pin a team back. We haven't tended to do that too much. We've tended to hit on the break quite well and take opportunities, but it'd be nice to actually have a bit of concerted pressure in the opposition final third. Yeah. Any final words, gentlemen? Mm-hmm. Bring bring on the flip-flop trophy. What's that? Well, the winner of Palace and Villa, there's a chance to flip-flop. First team to the beach. First team to the beach. Yeah, right. Oh, the 11th spot. <laughs> Very good. Right. Until we get a chance to take three points that will probably allow us to put our deck chair out and our towel down to reserve it. It's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. 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 Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.